Welcome. We thank you for listening with us today. We ask that you please stow away and secure all important items. There are no emergency exits. So, just sit back, relax, fasten your earbuds, and enjoy. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Funny to Informing. Welcome to episode 139 of Funny to Informing. I'm John, that's Chris Pizza Peisenberg Coleman. That is. And uh, there's so much to talk about today. I think it's fitting we came in off of that song. Yeah, yeah, 311 for you. Yeah, what was it called? Misdirected Hostility. Boom, you remembered. I remembered. <laughs> that was your test. Yeah, and uh, well, that's going to be one of the things we talk about is the like the horrific uh, incident with George Floyd and the ensuing protesting and rioting. Uh, and then and the we, misdirected hostility swarming that mm, at every yeah. level from the police to the fucking arguments on social media. Yeah. And this is a show where, you know, we focus on the jokes first with like bits of information and, you know, personal stories and stuff from the news and sometimes interviews or that's how we define it. But that that's going to be a pretty serious conversation, I think. Yeah, we're going to get that out of the way up at the top. Yeah. But then we got other, other plenty of other oh, stuff to get to uh, as Tuttles, well. Tuttle's 10, What's Up Doc. Yep, yep. Um, when, when we, some feel-good stuff. I, yeah, I tasked us with just getting good stories for Did You Hears. Yeah, so maybe that, some good news. To take our minds off of... I got so much bad news, though, John. <laughs> that means I'm just having a dump. That's a, that's a front half of the show, oh, bad no. news dump, guys. <laughs> Bad yeah. news dump. Oh, it's, 2020 has just been so so shitty up to this point and so crazy. Hence the bad news dump. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, it's full of shit. At some point, you really do got to say to yourself, it can't get any worse. And it finds a way month by I month. I know. Yeah. We, well, we, I feel like we narrowly escaped murder hornets. Uh, we haven't heard about those in a while. I saw. I forgot about them until I saw a meme about them today. And it was like, what happened to murder hornets? And it was like, oh, they were a hoax like that COVID. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, real, the real threat is the riots. That's what I'm saying. And now we haven't really heard too much about uh, coronavirus right now either because no, of... Bec- well, yes, because of the riots and uh, that taking the forefront of the media. Yeah, so, I mean, we might as well start talking about that because, I mean, you have to start from the very beginning because there's a lot to unpack and a lot of different ways to look at that situation. Yeah. Um, but it's... Like it, a racist. <laughs> racist. <laughs> That's, I know you're racist. you white. It's good It's good that, like, people can weed out those, uh, those uh, you know, sort of, uh, sort of ideal, uh, idealist. Is that a word? People think, that... I, ideologues? Mm. No, that's a word. No, I don't know. I don't know what word I was going for. But uh, when you have an idea, why you take a shit? Yeah, and it, this all started with George Floyd and Derek Chauvin. Uh, Derek Chauvin was an officer that was arresting George Floyd for over some petty cash, twenty dollars, I think, is what forgery it was. they were calling it. So it was either like uh, fake money, or I thought he maybe was forging a check or something. I wasn't sure, but it was. <laughs> Something not worth taking anyone's life over. Yeah, and the officers were trying to claim he was resisting. You clearly see in the video he is not, and he's actually begging for his life. And everybody around him is asking the officer to lay off yeah, of him. Yeah, exactly. Come and, on, stop. And he looks right in the fucking camera with his old beady 
beady devil eyes. Yeah, and you can see on his face that he's enjoying it. He the officer. Yeah, and uh, and then it came out that like he might have been racist, you know, and and might have had a hat that said uh, "All Make Whites Great Again." Oh, I didn't know about that, but I did see uh, like a list of his previous like previous uh, run-ins with well, like tiffs with the with the department and some complaints on him and uh, some previous shootings he had been involved in. Okay, yeah, I heard he was involved in quite a few shootings. Yeah, like, and a what? lot of officers will go their whole whole careers and say, "I never had to fire my weapon." Yeah, I mean, and I feel like that. That's probably that should be the goal. That should be the goal. Some officers think it's the, they're in their own movie. Yeah, absolutely. And that they can be however they want, or they want to be that rogue cop from Hawaii Five O, or you know, like get uh, the fuck out of here. Is that a thing? No, I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking more uh, yippee kaye kaye motherfucker. That's <laughs> yeah. what I was thinking. Like, there we take go. my shoes off and run around Nakatomi Tower for a little while. Yeah, and it's I mean we when we were doing the episode, the reason why we didn't talk about this like this whole thing last week was because it, we did our it was episode. happening. Yeah, it was happening almost. Well, we as, recording so it wasn't really news yet um, yeah well and i had i thought i had seen something about it like when i was just like scrolling facebook at the place while we were sitting there recording maybe it was on break but uh, uh, again we were kind of recording or we were on break in, in between recording and I, I i honestly i was like oh i'll have to cut circle back to that because this might be either fake news or old news that's resurfacing and, and which is also a sad commentary when i see a black man in a story headline where he's being killed by a police officer and i had and i say that might be old news I mean, yeah. Because we've sometimes. seen it so many times now. Exactly. Which is exactly why the riots and the pro which the protesting which is exactly why the riots and the protesting are both happening and in my opinion. The protesting is what needs to happen. Oh yeah. And maybe not so much well, of the riot. Because history well, not the looting and, and senseless senseless fucking taking out of businesses small and big yeah because what did start it was you know history does have a tendency to repeat itself but history is repeating itself too often right now and too quickly yeah uh, the cycle's know, way short right? which is case after case of police brutality and and you know and they haven't really stopped and nothing's going to really open their eyes up to that unless you do a little bit of protesting and maybe a little bit of damage because uh, you know there, you don't have it doesn't have to be a peaceful protest either not all protests are peaceful absolutely but um but then there is that line of what separates what's rioting and what's protesting and you really have to define it separately because it is two different things rioting to me is when philly goes fucking nuts when their team wins or loses a championship game i'm glad you brought it up that's rioting that's just madness of burning people's property and being completely destructive with no purpose it's completely senseless even the 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 thought behind it whereas but you're saying what's different in this case in the rioting in this case because it's not senseless like the the methodology behind it right? some, well some of it is there are op- there, there's a i mean but people tend to think that it's the majority of people out there because most of them are there to protest george floyd but there's the opportunists the few that yep. are taking advantage of situations breaking into people's uh businesses and trying to like take as much as they can yeah just looting for the sake of looting oh yeah it's it's, it's theft and you then, know and, and it's and, and you know basis you know for sure like those types of criminals like are, are they're out there doing their thing like they don't do they care about George Floyd that much because they're, they're absolutely no you can't you can't really care for that movement and then also use that opportunity to to help yourself while fucking over others in the process yeah well you and can't there's no way you can't you, you can't you can't tow both lines I uh, I received a lot of backlash for my opinion on the rioting and looting or I mean I'm talking 150 to 200 comments 
on 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 yeah, a post I that I made. Seen that I need to go look at it. Yeah, you guys so, should look it up on Johnny's Facebook. Ooh, and then go give him give him some shit, guys. I had to argue with a lot of different people, and it's really I mean, some of it was just calm conversation, which was great. But then some people, and I mean, maybe I'm guilty of it too. So it, but what I really hate is when people start putting words in each other's mouths. So I, you know, and I might be guilty Let's of keep that. Keep it to dicks. Yeah, what you're saying. Well, because <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. So don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was, I, I'm trying to mansplain dick sucking to you, John. Fuck. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> I yeah. literally put words in your mouth. No, but I'm sitting here having to argue with all these different people, and I'm and what I'm trying to say for the most part about or how I feel about everything as a whole is that I don't feel like we necessarily have to be against the cops and for the riot or for or or for the cops and against the riot there is a middle ground like i'm 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 against the cops and against the riot i'm I'm for the protesting but that but that's again that to me that's separate yeah but i'm also like not against the cops as a whole no no not as a whole no yeah the the and it's again they they call it a systemic problem because it is it's a it's a system-wide problem like it's 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 almost set up, you know. If you go back, we can get so fucking far back on this, and um, I'm sure Rocky would chime in if we if we did <laughs> wholeheartedly. I'm sure he probably knows some shit about it. But uh, fucking, it goes back as far as like crack in the '80s, and uh, you know, and and it, and there's so many conspiracies surrounding that. Did the FBI do it? Did the CIA do it? Did the government put it out to in, in like lower class or lower income? black neighborhoods for you know for a reason and even aids and you know what i mean it, it, it goes back so it goes back you know all honestly all the way to the civil war that all these things were implemented uh with a purpose right yeah like, where do they come from exactly you know what i mean why is it the way that it is and you know and it has it always been since the civil war you know since you know the the south obviously lost but has it has it been just more covert since then? Yeah, and I'm really glad that we can like our eyes are finally starting to get open to it as a nation. You know, because I mean these these riots and protesting, we're not talking about one area; it's in different cities all over the yeah. the the, this, the country, countrywide, absolutely. So, um, so you know, but and if I just wanted to know like where to me i feel like there is a middle ground but i hate the fact that i'm seeing everybody deal in extremities or you know it's they're talking about it's only a white black issue or well, those are the, it's more than that yeah and it, those, those are the extremists though when you go against extremists they're gonna have extreme views and they don't like your moderate views yeah because, I mean, because it doesn't it, a it's not there it, on at the end of the day it's not their view yeah and whether you're extreme the other way or moderate as either way you're not in their in their in their agreement range so it's it's not going to work for their argument and i think there is uh you know i, I think this is a good opportunity to weed out some racist people but okay because this is what i want and this yeah. is what i've been glad i've been seeing a little bit of at least every once in a while like a story slips in through the cracks of all of this and i've been seeing some cops working with some of the good citizens to get out, you know, people who are just holding assault rifles, threatening to shoot the crackheads yeah. or people that are just going out, you know, with swords and machetes swinging on people. Dude with a fucking old school bow and arrow. A bow and arrow. I mean, the cops, I don't think the cops even had a chance to get to that guy. The crowd swarmed him up, burned his car. Yeah, the shit out of exactly. Him. And in a perfect world, the good cops will weed out the bad ones, and the upstanding good citizens that are protesting honestly will weed out the the racists or the ones that are being violent intentionally. Which I mean, have you heard that that they're accusing Antifa predominantly for starting a lot of the violence? Well, and 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 that's it's funny you bring that up. I have heard that theory as well as I mentioned some conspiracies. There's some kind of going around now, and I don't know how conspiratorial they really are. Maybe I don't know how much truth is behind them, but there's been a lot of reports in a lot of cities of 
pallets of bricks or pavers or rocks being left at like areas where it's known people are going to arrive to protest and it's not construction sites at all so there would be no reason for them to be there and people are questioning where did this come from like and because if it, it's again it's a it now you have a means to 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 create more violence because you have bricks you can it, hurt people you can smash windows when maybe they did show up with the best of intentions but things get so heated and then you give them the means to do this with a pallet full of bricks, and then things that's how things turn. Yeah. And, and I, the majority becomes the minority. And uh, I want to hear from Rocky, because these are the two things that I think that this situation um, is, a, is like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? My God, I cannot find my words today. It's like, uh, it, this. these two issues are what is the focus for me, They're like, with everything going on, are, it's, it's racism that's being addressed a lot and it's police brutality okay. being addressed a lot but rocky like what has been your big takeaway from you know everything going on and what do you think's uh, like can be done about it even well i'm not exactly sure what part you know you're talking about you guys just said a lot of stuff and there's a lot to unpack there i think what coleman was saying about the systematic racism is is partly true because since we've been setting up the country White dudes have been doing it. Right. So, I don't know if they just know how to play the game. I'm not sure why it is the way it is. I really have no idea. I could not tell you. I couldn't think of anything stupider to argue about. Right. Yeah, absolutely um, right. But, so maybe that's why it's systematic. Is it, it was set up by old white men. That's probably got to be true. And I think a little bit is the same for the police force. Um I have a story from CNN here who was uh, – their Atlanta headquarters were attacked, and that's what Killer Mike from mm-hmm. Run the Jewels was talking about on um, his thing. I thought he did a great job. That was a hell of a speech, man. That guy, I swear, that guy's got a future in public speaking. Well, this particular gentleman that uh, that that killed George Floyd – I don't want to say his name. I, I don't like him. Um, yeah, but he had uh, – he was the subject of 18 prior complaints with his with the department. Uh, the police, Minneapolis Police Department's internal affairs. Um, so he's had plenty of things, including derogatory language. And it turns out that this dude actually worked security at a nightclub with George Floyd and probably over the last 17 years. They probably crossed paths many times. Oh, yeah. I did hear that they did work together. They worked together as security. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he, I think this dude. He knew him. Probably. He knew him. What? I didn't know that. The business owner says. Um, we all work together certain nights. They would have crossed paths. Holy shit. That's, mm. Now, that's another wrinkle in the story. Plus, have you guys seen the second video of what looks like the police maybe beating on him in the back of the police car? Or no. police SUV? Yeah. No. No, I shared that in the Funny to Inform Me group, actually. Jeez, I did not um, see that. Yeah, no, I have it on my phone. And I'll make sure that it's shared in there. Um, if it's not, I'll make sure it's in there. Probably should go on What's the Fuss, too. That's a good one for the What's the Fuss Man, group. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's clearly it clearly looks like the officers, that like one is standing guard and two or three are in the back seat with them, and the, the car is a-rocking. Yeah. I, um, I I just think we do need to find a little bit of a middle ground. Middle ground, if, there, right? if there's a way, like, you know, because people have been saying enough is enough for one side and people have been saying enough is enough for the other side, but, like, there, enough is enough kind of on both aspects of it because I think, you know, we do need to stop causing a bunch of destruction, but at the same time, we do need to stop handling every single and, uh, time that the officers take advantage of their power so lightly. Yep, stop letting it slide. 
Yeah. Hold these people accountable. Yeah. You would hold citizens accountable. Why Why do they get so much protection because of that quote-unquote blue line? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That brotherhood they talk about is sometimes just them like backing each other up in a situations where one was allowed to be sketchy because they have help from others. When Especially when there are no witnesses and the only other witnesses are other officers. Like in this case, it, thank God for video. Thank God, In the Arbery case, thank God for video. In the Eric Garner case, thank God for video. Imagine how much of this goes on every single day in every single city. To yeah. some degree and extent, and so surely worse in some cases than others, but without it being documented on video, and we'd never know because it gets covered up by their police brothers. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, it's scary, man. It just, I, I just, I felt like I needed, needed to talk about it because when I had made a post, like being upset about the violence on from the rioting that I was seeing, people were just like, I think it's so funny you didn't say shit about when George yeah. Floyd actually died, but now you're upset about the looting. And now there's like, you know, all these memes like white people be like, oh, I'm so upset about the looting and rioting. Meanwhile, they don't care about George Floyd. That's not the case. What happened to George Floyd is horrific and it was, uh, it was so difficult to watch and it should never be allowed to happen especially with Absolutely. something that minor of an issue while people stand by yeah and like you know and, and like an urge for the cop not everybody's to pleading for his life but that's and that's obvious and what 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 i'm ashamed to say is that like because i reposted the ahmaud arbery thing when i saw it right away a few weeks ago Absolutely. and i was up in arms about that and i mean i can't do that every single time somebody is murdered in the country otherwise my page is just flooded with with murder after murder after murder and i'm just upset about every single one of them like so I just no, I, but the police murder ones, like yeah, f- for no reason, especially like, so when I, it's murder. It's not murder if the somebody says you know is firing a gun at police and police fire a gun back and kill that person. I don't find that to be murder, but in this case, it was a far different scenario, and that that does that's why you post about it. That's yeah. why. And we're talking I, uh, about it. That's why it's causing riots across the country. Yeah. So, and people were upset that I chose not to share that when it first happened. But and then I, they were like, "Well, why are you sharing the rioting and looting? But you don't even care about what started it all." And I do. Just care. because you missed the bus on but, posting one or sharing one. You yeah, know it, what happens. I mean? it happens. It right. happens. And I mean, and this what's happening now in our country. You know, across a bunch of different cities and in, in different states is the first time I've ever seen anything like this happen to our country. So so I felt the need to actually have to talk about that because yeah. I'd never seen anything like it. And what sucks is I've seen what happened to George Floyd happen a lot, and that's too many times already. You know, so that needs For to sure. fucking stop, which I'm which glad. Which is why it's boiled up to where it is right now. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that, you know, we're, I, we as upstanding citizens in the majority are actually showing the cops that we're the reason they have any power at all. And I like that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, they need to, you know, I guess sometimes you need to, you know, remind the child who's the, who's the father, so to speak. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, you know, and we do have it in numbers. Like, they might have it in force and the law behind them, but we have sheer numbers. Okay. And sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah, and I feel better talking about it a little bit because, I mean, it's just one of those things. Good. Get your get your hate racism out, whitey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there are there are a select few people out there that are like, you as a white man can have no opinion on the subject yeah, at no, all. Exactly. Well, right? well no, and, come on. And we're three white men sitting here talking about it. Talking about <laughs> no. it. Well, welcome back to Privilege Cast. <laughs> we're awful. <laughs> uh, Privilege but, Podcast with Pizza Peisenberg. Oh, four peas. <laughs> Fucking yeah. ridiculous. But uh, we... I I do want to sh- uh, shift gears and okay, um, we're going to shift gears hard before we get into the second segment of what's up, Doc, and the documentary you saw and the ditch gears that we have. Yeah, do you of- want to do more bad news? Because I got so much. Well, we got <laughs> something real bad coming. It's Tuttle's ten. Tuttle's ten. <laughs> so we are going to. Uh, 
pass over the t- next 10 minutes, if not m- mostly more. Yeah, because we're going to pick them apart and comment on it. Um, and yeah, he sent us a fresh 10, and we have not heard it at all yet. It's fresh, hot off the presses of the PT Cruiser Studios. <laughs> PT Cruiser, I, I, I got to think up a good name for that. But yeah, PT Cruiser Studios works for now. It's, uh, it's about uh, psychedelics and drugs, right? Yeah, drugs and specifically psychedelic drugs. Okay. Which fits a theme this week. Aside from rioting and looting, we are going to talk about drugs, but this took the fucking, took the cake this week. Yeah, so uh, let's get into the Tuttle's 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's 10, ten minutes with Tuttle. Welcome to another edition of Tuttle's 10. Thanks to the guys from Funny to Informing, Chris and John, for allowing me to do this. Before I get started on this week's topic, make sure you check out my podcast. Just search the Tuttle Daily Podcast. It can be found on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes Podcast, as well as the TuneIn Radio app. Plus, if you're a big fan of podcasts like the one that I do and Funny to Informing, check out the website 31. 315live.com. I'd like to get the guys on that website because it's a great community of podcasters. And while you're at it, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Tuttle. Tuttle with two D's, T-U-D-D-L-E. It's very easy to find. That's my preferred social media platform that I use because it's the last wild, wild west of social media. Okay, so we're going to call this Tuttle's nine minutes. Thank you. You got the same joke. I was going to say the same thing, man. The great minds think alike. I was going to say, we're going to call it Tuttle's eight and a half because the first 90 seconds is uh, plugs. But, you know, he doesn't do that much anymore. Right, Tuttle? So this week's topic that John and Chris from Funny to Informing gave me is drugs and psychedelics. And I got a lot of views on drugs. Throughout history, people religiously have been using drugs to alter their mind, to have a greater spiritual connection. Even animals, even primates have been known to eat fermented fruits just to get inebriated from it. So what I'm saying is it's a natural thing for people to want to escape their everyday natural reality. And that's how it will always be. And I've always had the belief as long as you're not hurting somebody else, I don't care what you do with your body, what you consume or put into it to alter your mind. As long as you're not affecting or hurting other people's choices not to do drugs, I have no problem with it. Our government, our government has no issue with the casualties that mount on a yearly basis from the death of some of the most legal drugs that our government allows us to take. Just think about this, guys. Not a lot of people think about this. Cigarettes kill 480,000 people a year alcohol alone kills eighty-eight thousand people but i just love alcohol and cigarettes way too much mm, cigarettes are I, gross I, you should stop them now no I, it's gonna take me a long time to be able to quit something like alcohol or cigarettes yeah, total, quit bitching about alcohol i just opened a beer i'm a i'm a bad quitter and uh but i think he's right about some of the prescription drugs that are out there as opposed to just something more natural like shrooms or mushrooms uh, it, I mean, I've dabbled in the psychedelics, I guess you could say, myself yeah, I a little bit. this might get us into talking about it a little bit, um, and definitely with my next segment, too. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, pot and psychedelics, or specifically shrooms, which are the, one of the mildest psychedelics, are uh, way more natural. Like, they're just, they're unfucked with, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, it's not something you want to rely on, but it is fun to do every once in a while. Uh, there's medicinal purposes behind it. Maybe he gets into it. I doubt it. He's probably going to turn it into a pussy rant. <laughs> 
right now with everything that we're going through with the coronavirus, we're over 100,000 deaths and we're freaking out about that. Why is nothing being done with cigarettes and alcohol right now? Those are legal drugs, but these other drugs like marijuana, cocaine, ecstasy, whatever it may be, those are illegal. We really don't know how many people that kill, but why do we not have a problem with cigarettes and alcohol, but we're freaking out about a virus that's only killed 100,000 people in our country right now? And it's the same answer, the same root of all evil, and it all leads back to money. Why do you think it was so hard just to get medical marijuana here in the state of Florida? Do you really think that the cigarette companies, the tobacco companies, want marijuana to be legal? Hell no, they don't. Because they know that weed and marijuana will lead to lower profits and will take money away from the cigarette people. And guess what those cigarette people do? Those tobacco companies, they line the pockets of the politicians that make the laws we have to live by. And that's why I've always said for the longest time that the politicians do not work for us anymore. They do not give a fuck about us one single bit. They only care about the people that give them money to get elected. And then those politicians have to do favors back for them. That's the way the system works now in this country. And the war on drugs, it's one of the biggest failures our government has ever created. It's just a way for our government to throw minorities in prison for being nonviolent criminals just selling drugs. Yes, some drugs do hurt and kill people. It ruins families and lives. But do they deserve to spend 10, 20 years in prison just for that? No, they don't. Because the politicians, once again, they make money when people are in jail. Yeah, it does cost to house an inmate, but they're making money for every inmate that they have in there. And that's just the way that it works. Think about this. Look at Colorado. Colorado legalized marijuana recreationally. I don't know the exact numbers, but they made more tax money than they've ever made before in a fiscal year. And the citizens actually got a tax break this year because they made so much money from recreational marijuana. And let's be honest, guys. How many people have actually overdosed from marijuana? How many people have gotten into fights? from being blazed out of their mind high as hell. Not going to happen. You go to a sporting event where people are pounding beers, all you see is fights. Think how peaceful football games would be if everybody could blaze and light up during a game. Look at the Denver Broncos record the last few years. <laughs> Not so good. Yeah. And the fan base doesn't even care because they're all just, yeah, they're high, just like, what happened? high out of their minds. What is this? I, I said a football game. I thought the, I was thinking European football. Damn. Yeah. I like, was way too blazing about these tickets, bro. He's got a good point, though. When I'm when I'm high, I care a lot less uh, about things going on or like, you know, people can cut me off or, you know, say some shit and I just don't care. Yeah. It does make people a lot calmer. I, I do. I make jokes but i do agree with tuttle uh, i would be awesome to go to any i would be a huge fan of going to any event any sporting event any type of event anywhere and just being allowed to openly smoke marijuana instead of sneaking it into a concert or smoking a 
a weed pen, allegedly, at you, you, some sporting event somewhere. You know what? If weed was a little bit... Orlando e- City Stadium. Yeah. If it was <laughs> if it was easier handled, you know, in the public, then I would probably only smoke that as, as opposed to smoking cigarettes. That's probably how I would smoke or quit cigarettes. That's what helped me quit cigarettes, was you just see? smoking more pot. And you know. just, but John, you just have to not give a fuck, man. Like, just, just smoke your weed. Mm. Like, I mean, obviously, uh. don't just walk down the street, maybe, and smoke it, but just, like, light up, find a little public spot. I'm find terrified. Find a little uh, porta potty and duck in there. Hold your nose. <laughs> don't it, smell the poop and smoke a joint. It makes me nervous. I'm not like you or Tuttle where I could just be f- fucked up anywhere <laughs> at any time. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for me, Tuttle clearly all that way all the time. Uh, just kidding. Let's see what else he Back has to, to say. There be no fights. There be no reason to have a jail in the Philadelphia Eagles football stadium because people would be cool. And think about the money that they would make off of the concessions. Sales of nachos would go through the roof. And don't get me wrong. Listen, I've done plenty of drugs in my life. Through the years, being an only child, I experimented when I got to Orlando at Real Radio 104.1. I knew it. Yeah, blame it on real radio. I knew of it. Of all things, right? <laughs> that's where I got. That's where I got addicted. Yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to talk about this uh, this subject, especially with Tuttle, or is because I I was like I, he had to have dabbled in quite a few drugs. So I was like, you know what? He's probably pretty experienced. So I want to let him take this subject and be able to run with it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I knew it. No doubt about it. But the very first drug that I ever took was me and my boys growing up in DeLeon Springs. We would pay a Mexican bum to get us Old E, which was only 99 cents a bottle then. We were very lucky because little did we know that Mexican bum was a pedophile and we most likely could have gotten raped while trying to get drunk. Well, it's funny he went there because I was going to guess when he said uh, him and his boys got this that it was going to get poppers. Oh, that was a good. That would have been a good guess. But it, yeah, you think? But old, especially for Tuttle and his boys. Yeah, and old English, eighty nine cents. That has to be way back. Old loose butthole. And let's be honest, guys, most of the drugs that we first try out and take was because of a girl. My first time doing ecstasy was to impress a chick that I got a hand job from the day before. And I wanted some more and more and more of that. And I got to tell you, ecstasy is great for sex. But if you count on ever finishing, good luck with that because I've been there, done that, and I've never been able to pop while rolling my ass off. Growing up in Volusia County, I've never done meth. I've seen it made. I've seen the whole process. Hell, I used to make money on the side buying Sudafed for people. I didn't know what they were making it for. Sudafed's legal. Somebody wanted me to get it for him. That's called the Oak Hill Hustle. And if you've been a listener of mine, you know I had an extreme drinking problem. This isn't one of my proudest moments, but I was absolutely shit-faced. And come to find out, on my phone was a video of me smoking crack cocaine out of a bush light camp. Tuttle lives a crazy life. <laughs> Old Tuttle says He is a crazy ass. And you sit there, sir, and judge us. <laughs> Did you say it was from a bush light can? Yeah. That's where I lost respect. I was like, crack, okay. Oh, bush light can? Bro, you can't get a fucking rose vial like the rest of the crackhead world? <laughs> Walk down to the Sunoco at the end of your street. <laughs> I listen to your show, Tuds, I know. Walk down to the Sunoco, talk to Johnny or whoever your buddy is behind the counter, get your rose vial and some chore boy. All Step of th- your game up. All of this makes me feel great about the way I live my life. <laughs> uh, I gotta tell you. 
I popped out of my drunkenness at the time, but I didn't know that I had fucking done a black man's drug. And guess what? I can see where it's pretty addictive. I only did it one time, but like I said, not my proudest moment. Whoa. Okay. So we were talking about racism. I mean, I, yeah, I don't want any riots to start over Tuttle's 10 on our show. Well, Thank it, God only 18 people listen to the show and uh, about 17 of them don't have the wherewithal or the chutzpah as the as I, I shouldn't have said chutzpah. He's probably going to hate Jews now, but, <laughs> but uh, well, it, to get up, rise up and go against Tuttle. So. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's if it's all exclusively the black man's drug. Wow. That's, I wouldn't say that. But you know what? I, I, I look, I kind of understand where he's coming from. Well, I hate to agree or whatever, or even say that regarding no. Tuttle and this. No, but I kind of mentioned it earlier on our show where I said well, I mentioned sy- systemic racism and how, you know, there's the conspiracy theory of either the FBI or the CIA, the government in some shape or form putting out crack cocaine into underprivileged mostly black neighborhoods yeah yeah black yeah. and hispanic neighborhoods and kind of starting so maybe that's where the kind relation, of carrying the tradition through the 80s of systemic racism that's probably where the relation is then with I, i'm what hoping he's, I'm, I'm, or he's just a good old oak hill racist yeah and we're, you tell me <laughs> we're a little deep into the uh tunnels 10 but we might as well say it now his thoughts are not ours uh, or they do our, not represent funny to informing it's affiliate sponsors hosts or guests you're good at that i thank god because i could never say it that smoothly <laughs> Now, there are drugs I just won't touch. I have a horrible mental capacity right now. And I'm not capacity where I don't remember things. It's just I'm crazy. I tried to kill myself. I spent 10 days in a mental institution. And I just think psychedelics like mushrooms and acid would not be a good look on me. I really don't. I think it would end up in disaster. It would. I know it would. So, in closing, guys, what I'm trying to say... If you're young and listening to this podcast, I say go ahead and experiment. Experimenting is a part of growing up. How do you know if you don't like it or not? It can be bad. Yes, it can become a problem, but there are functioning drug addicts. There's functioning alcoholics. I was one for a while. The war on drugs, it failed. The prohibition back in the day when they made alcohol illegal. See how long that lasted? The government only cares about money because they don't care about your health or your safety. If they could figure out a way to tax these drugs, they would be able to do it. They would do it if they could make a buck off of it. So what I'm saying is try it out. What can it hurt? It may or may not ruin your life, but I can promise you a good time. Hope you enjoyed today's Tuttle's 10. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Tuttle, as always. Thanks, Tuts. <laughs> I mean, he, he might be a crazy person, but damn it, he's a smart crazy person. He knows. Like he knows, you know, like, oh, it's not a good uh, quote. It's not a good look on me. Yeah. So he knows that, and he's smart enough to know that. Good man. I can appreciate that. I don't think that yeah, that, that, that would end well for Tuttle either. And and some drugs are one-way tickets, like heroin. I, w- I would never want to try personally, because that's- yeah, I don't feel like I want to try heroin. That's no. not one that I'm like, mm, oh, you got some? Let me try it. Yeah, so some of it is just a little too far, and anything really with chemicals and needles I already don't like, so oh, no thank you. needles is not happening. Right. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, Tuttle, thank you. Uh, that was great. Yeah, you didn't spin it into pussy, so high five on that. Virtual high five from over here in Orange County all the way to Oak Hill there, buddy. Slipped, and, in, uh, uh, slipped in pedophilia a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, Tuttle goes on tangents. We should call it Tuttle's 10 Tangents or some shit, but anyway, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time again, Tuttle. We, uh, yeah, let's take a little bit of a break. Break, uh, reset and then do what's up doc and did you hears uh what what song we're just gonna throw to a psychedelic mashup mm.
Welcome back to 139 of Funny to Informing, man. Man, I'm feeling 139 things right now, dude. You don't even look like you're just a banana. You're Dave, Dave's not here, man. <laughs> I must be tripping hard because you're a fucking banana. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, we had to try to find some psychedelic mashup music. Yeah, that we felt that was fitting after Tuttle's 10 and, uh, you know, uh, kind of bookending with Tuttle's 10 and uh, with the segment I'm about to do, we felt that was very fitting music. Okay, yeah, and let's not even waste any time getting to it. Um, we should just go straight into What's Up Doc, let's right? Get right into it. What's up, Doc? This is heavy duty, Doc. This is great. What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? Is there a doctor in the house? I'm a doctor. What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? We really mean it. What's up, What's up, Doc? A segment where I try to bring you guys one of the many documentaries I watch week to week. I don't always bring you this segment, but uh, it's becoming more and more prevalent as I've uh, been quarantined and watching tons and tons of docs. It but really is. I try to kind of bring you guys a review and maybe pull one out of uh, out of somewhere that you might not have known about and uh, bring it to light and uh, give you guys kind of a review and a breakdown without trying to spoil it. Don't ever spoil it There's for a, me. And this is a good one. There's really not much to spoil. Uh, get right into it. It's called... Have a good trip, adventures and psychedelics. Oh, now it's making sense. And so there's the theme we were running with. Prior to the riots, uh, we were just going to have a real tripped out episode. We were going to eat a bunch of shrooms and then do this show. <laughs> but the riots <laughs> happened and it was uh, too heavy, man. Yeah, Couldn't well, we had, do to, it, bro. we had to talk about that and there was no good way of segueing it. So it was just like a hard cut from that into, into this. Tuttle. With hard cut into Tuttle. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you want a hard cut, just throw it a Tuttle. Yeah. He'll, and then he'll say uh, black drugs or something. I don't know. Fucking crazy. So what's the documentary called? Have a Good Trip, Adventures in Psychedelics. Let me give you a quick rundown. It's available on Netflix, so pretty widely available. Uh, it's new, as in, well, it's new in that it just was released this year. Um, it is a documentary. It's an hour and 25-minute runtime, so it's like a full feature length. Um, oh, see, I thought it was maybe a docu-series. Nope. Like nope. more than one. Full on 125 minutes. Um or one hour and 25 minutes, excuse me. Um, and, uh, you know, it's got, uh, it's got some big names in it. Uh, noted here on the Netflix site, it, uh, it only lists two at Nick's. It lists, uh, Nick Offerman and Adam Scott. Oh, I like that. It does feature both of them prominently, kind of as like um, hosts, if you will. Uh, it's a lot of vignettes and a lot of interviews with stars and comedians and musicians and just people of prominence, so to speak, and uh, talking about their experiences with psychedelics, shrooms, acid, whatever you may have. Uh, uh, what's the peyote? I was like, what's the one with the P? Peyote. Oh, there's some peyote in there. There's some mescaline. Well, and some people are real apprehensive to, you know, ever bring that sort of stuff up, or they hate to like slander their image. I guess you could say. Well, and so they never want to talk about it. It's being featured in a. In, I, I don't know. It's be. It, there's a new light being exposed on that too. We kind of mentioned with Tuttle when he meant when he was talking about psychedelics, and that uh, mushrooms are kind of more of a more quote-unquote chill and natural version you know what i mean they're not as chemically tainted and made from pure chemicals like lsd or some of these other drugs are um so it's because of that i feel like the natural aspect of it 
that's being shown in a new light too. Uh, Denver has now, or maybe not Denver, maybe the state of Colorado has now, um, uh, is on the, if it hasn't happened, they are well on the way to decriminalizing if they have, I think they have already decriminalized, uh, uh, small amounts of mushrooms on your person. Well, and they got the same ch- as they started with marijuana. They, I bet you they'll find a way to channel it and maybe try to offer it as some kind of prescription thing, uh, you know, depending on what they feel like it could best resolve, like it, which issues it's good for. Uh, well, and I teased, I teased that kind of while Tuttle was talking about psychedelics in his segment. Uh, it does have medicinal benefits. It has been shown in micro doses, not in, they're not saying to take a handful of shrooms every day and trip your balls off and live your life that way. But in micro dosing, it has been shown to help with depression, anxiety, uh, trauma cases, things like this, where your brain wiring is a little off. Says the talking banana. Says the talking banana who <laughs> suffers from uh, depression, anxiety, you know, all this shit. Yeah. Uh, I've been very curious, honestly, for, for quite a while now since I kind of read some of these these stories and reports about it uh, possibly helping depression and things like that and possibly microdosing myself. But I don't know what a microdose is. I and mean, we, well, we've microdosed before and, and had a good time well, on it. That wasn't a microdose. That was a full on dose. I don't know. I feel like we no, didn't a microdose is so much that it doesn't affect your day to day life. As in, it just affects your chemicals in your brain, and it doesn't affect like your your. I guess it kind of does affect your mood. It's supposed to help your mood, but it doesn't affect your 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 cognizance or your 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 motor skills or anything like that. Whereas when what, what we took John Hannon uh, allegedly well, was uh, we were not able to okay. maybe so much be super cognizant and stuff all the time. Well, and not to die. Can you imagine going to work and <laughs> like you, you know like no, you just can't. Or driving a car, and they talk about this in this documentary. Uh, like I said, it's vignettes of little interviews about people's uh, adventures and tripping and some of their stories from that. But it also has this funny undertone of a, and this is where Adam Scott comes in, of a after school special. And it's called, quote unquote, bad trip. And it's like, don't do acid. And it's like 80s themed. So it's like. Oh, so like what not to do. Yeah, well, don't do acid because of this. And they're like at a party and they're like, no, we don't want to do drugs. Drugs are bad. And then they end up doing it and they're like, oh, this is fun. And then it's it's almost like a reefer madness take on on psychedelics. She like goes crazy, runs upstairs and jumps out a window because that's like back in the 60s and 70s. That was kind of the thing like, oh, don't don't trip because you'll think you can fly and you'll jump out a window and kill yourself. Yeah. That's the thing that happens all the time. There was an episode. And it's documented very few times in history that there, that's ever happened. There was an episode of the show A Thousand Ways to Die, which just rifled through different unique ways of dying. Absolutely. I don't know if any of them Terribly were Terribly really... dark thing from my youth. Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not, you know, but then then they were saying, oh, there was an empty swimming pool and these people took a bunch of psychedelics and then they jumped off the diving board thinking that the pool had was water full. in it. I could see that happening. And then died, slamming their face in. What was it, a fucking 30-foot pool? Like, <laughs> they I didn't mean, die. That's that. See, that's a bullshit. <laughs> that's a, one of the bullshit stories from that series. That series was full of bullshit stories, and that's definitely one of them. Yeah, yeah. That's, that show, it was all like Final Destination deaths. Like, yeah. a, a person, uh, you know, a paint fell off of a ceiling, and the guy looked up and opened up his mouth, and the paint got into his throat. <laughs> it's like then, a terrible Rube Goldberg machine of death. There's my tease <laughs> for later that's all i'll say but uh but yeah i don't know this is a it, again like i said they i like the way that they do some of the like for instance sting has some fucking crazy stories about some shit that went down with him while tripping um anthony bourdain has a fucking great one that again i said it's made in 2020 but they have interviews with bourdain and carrie fisher specifically who are now dead yeah so this was filmed a little well a little i feel while like the ago. interviews were probably sporadically filmed from wherever you know what i mean the, who knows maybe this, the, those interviews weren't even made for this documentary but they found them mm-hmm. and then used them in it but there are quite a bit of, of little interviews of people specifically for this 
this documentary in in which they talk about their experiences and not all of them good but i will say most of them good and uh you know throughout this little uh the little piece i told you called bad trip where they're uh where they flash back and they're doing the whole like uh reefer madness style video against psychedelics yeah um one of the little pieces where they cut in is uh, they cut into that and say, and it's like a, the more you know, you know, it's it's got that whole like theme, the more, you know, with the rainbow oh, and shit. Better be but satire. A, the, it is, but there's a little mushroom in the front of the rainbow and it's going across the night sky and it's and underneath it says, the more you trip. And it's like, it'll be like a little tip on, on tripping, a tip on tripping. And it'll be like, do not look in the mirror. And then they interview everybody and they cut into everybody's thoughts on do not cut, do not look in the mirror and all these reasons why. And as I said that, uh, Rocky from What's the Fuss podcast, what used to be a terrible podcast, is now much better. I, as I'm featured on it, I know. Go and he listen. Ha- he has stories, but he's, his eyes lit up. And when I said do not look in the mirror, and he's got thoughts. So Rocky, agree or disagree? I wasn't trying to interject. I thought you Please. guys were doing a great job. But yeah, one time when I was tripping, um, it wasn't on mushrooms. We were on acid. It was back in college. Like we did it the the week before, and it was really awesome. And I went outside, and I was talking to the trees, and everything <laughs> yep. was in eight bit, like Mario Land. Oh, nice! Well, it, Sonic, nice, well, but nice. It, it releases like releases all your endorphins, or you know, uh, like, yeah, well, definitely in spurts. So we had, a, we had a great time. It changed my life. The next week, this it was it was my cousin's friend, two little girls from college, and they came back over with a different, I guess, different acid, and it was a big picture of Bob Dole. And oh they let me, they let me. It made my right own. hand clench up for eight hours. Oh, it was weird. <laughs> I just they, had to hold a pen. It was weird. I was, you know, I was Bad talking out. about man bear pig. It was crazy. <laughs> well, and so I got a piece of his tie. I don't know why I remember that. It's not pertinent to the story, but it was at the bottom. And I've I've been told that a lot of this stuff can gravitate down. Okay, okay. So if you cut something off the bottom, it's it's way worse. Piece of Bob Dole. Bob Dole tie. Bob Dole's greatest time. The week before, I took two hits. It was really awesome. It was my first time doing it, I believe. Okay. And then it it was great. I loved it. I was like, why don't people do this all the time? The next weekend, I tried again, and I tripped for three days. I tried to kill myself twice. Whoa. Yeah. And a lot of it started from I looked in the mirror, and I saw a monster. I see. Okay. In this documentary, some there's several stories that kind of have carry a theme through them in which several people say the similar things. Uh, One of them was not that it was um, that you can see your blood. And like Sarah Silverman said, she could see through like her fucking blood moving through her face and her arms, like see her blood vessel system. And then uh, another, I forget who else agreed and said that uh, he could say it was David Koechner said, uh, apparently your skin is very transparent. When you're on acid, don't look in the mirror. And almost everybody to a man said, don't look in the mirror. A few of them did kind of agree with Rocky. Uh, One of them said he looked in a mirror and saw a gargoyle face. That was ASAP Rocky. ASAP Rocky said he looked in the mirror, (laughs) saw a gargoyle face, and it tripped me out, yo. There was a black light on. And like I'm sure oh, I was wearing for black some people? silly punk Racist. shirt or whatever. I remember talking to my friend Christy on the phone. That was kind of cool. And then <laughs> afterwards, like it really got dark, and it didn't stop for three fucking days. See, okay, it's funny you bring that up too because it again, as they talk about the the highs and the lows, so to speak, of the drugs. Uh, part of the the fear campaign of back in the day in the 60s and 70s when it was kind of new to the public, uh, that one of the fears they put out was that. Um, you know, it, and, and one of the doctors straight up called it, you know, a bad trip, quote unquote, is psychosis. 
So you experienced, I guess, psychosis for three yeah. days. You were psychotic for three days. I, I could not keep a, a line straight for three days. They all swirled, if I even looked at it. And there's so many straight lines. If you just look around you right yeah, now, absolutely. you'll see a, a, yeah. a bunch of them. It was the weirdest thing. And I'll be damned. Like, okay, so I'll, I'll skip ahead because I don't want to take up all your time. But um, it was really, really bad for three days. My buddy kind of helped me out by bringing me a little bit of bud to calm me down. The third day was hell, and I think it was uh, Thanksgiving. And then, um, but by the Turkeys next, were everywhere. by the next nightmare. Monday, not only had I done all my homework, it was right. <laughs> and you didn't know you were doing that? It was, you it don't was, remember doing it? I clearly grabbed this pen like an eight-year-old and etched it in like a knife in a no, prison wall or something. You were holding it tightly in your right hand the whole time. It was Bob Dole Acid. We went over this. Dude, it was crazy. You take Bob Dole Acid. And Bob Dole Acid, you do your homework real well, folks. And you, you know every language and hieroglyphics and everything. <laughs> yeah. And last thing I'll say about it, that Monday when I went back to school, when I opened up the book and found out that I had done my homework, when I looked at it, only the A's were spinning. So I went to first period and I I went home. Good. Still look at yeah. the A's. Yeah. yeah. See, I mean, sometimes it, it could go literally either way, and it's it's scary to think like that. It could be that one time that you have a terrible trip, and just nothing is going right, or you well, know, and, and it can spin into that. For yeah. Sure. And they talk about that, and they talk about kind of how again they they give you tips on maybe how to avoid that. In that, uh, take it with they they tell you to take it with the right company. Don't take it with people who are high, very tense or assholes or that you don't get along with. Uh, take it with close friends, and uh, it all it all depends on setting. You know, mindset and setting. That's what they say has a lot to do with it. That's a good point. And in my I- history from taking psychedelics, that is very true. And that's why for years and years I got away from psychedelics and didn't fuck with them for almost a decade until you and I took what you call a microdose, John. What I call a regular old dose, <laughs> and uh, and it was amazing and great because I didn't go over the top and I was with chill company ralphie may had a really good point when he said have a safety safe have something that you can refer to that brings you back kind of to reality be it a friend who cares who's sober or um have a like an outlet a really awesome movie on something something happy we had george of the jungle on you need something to take you into reality and let you know that you are going to be okay. Nothing like George and his yeah. jungle to take you to I like reality. That. What's um what's the documentary called again? One last time. Have a good trip. Adventures in psychedelics. Yeah. Available on Netflix 2020, full of stars, very funny, also super informative. It's I feel like it's a perfect documentary for us. Oh, it's nice. funny and informing. I uh yeah, I did see it on my Netflix, but I have to uh watch it. Have it's to worth the it. watch for sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the um the digi here's which I, you know, I wanted the task of finding all a bunch of good ones. So let's get into that. Critical maps, we give it our role. We love if you give us a little back. We can't be too mad at you for clicking on that. Yo, did you hear? Horror show all up in your ear. Yo, did you hear? 
Did you hear all up in your ear? And uh, this week, I wanted to find, uh, you know, good sides of uh, stuff from the news. So I and all of mine are from the Good News Network, ironically enough. Good News Network. Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, that's funny. All of mine are from some good news. John Krasinski, you fucking sell out. <laughs> Just kidding. They're not from there. Did you, um, did you, uh, are you going first yeah, or am I? I'll start it off. Uh, here's a, here's, here's an interesting one. Uh, and it kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier on the show. Uh, UFC champ John Jones confronts two individuals, confiscates, it's hard to, this is a hard term, hard, easy, hard phrase. Easy Con- for you to say. Confiscates spray paint cans. Say that. Huh. confiscates paint that's hard to say <laughs> but uh yeah and there's actually a video of it uh i will we can try to share it on the onto our uh onto our group uh but it's from his instagram actually so it should be pretty easily shareable but uh yeah he's in Albu- albuquerque new mexico uh he wound up there because he was on his way to arizona and forgot to make a left uh but uh he's in albuquerque new mexico apparently that's where he's trained for years and years there's a really big uh mma training gym there that's like uh super known for for putting out great fighters and uh there was you know some protesting going on there as there has been in pretty much every big city across the country of course and uh he saw some kids um uh, walking down the street with their you know hoods masks uh kind of off they weren't really with the group of protesters they were kind of off to the side and he could just tell that they were kind of looking for areas to tag and uh he ran up and just said several times give me the spray can give me the spray can give me the spray can and he's fucking john bones jones uh not that he's like a huge dude but he's uh very in great shape no and he is much larger than these guys yeah it's intimidating (laughs) yeah he's clearly an intimidating dude one of the best fighters ever and uh yeah yeah for sure and um and then he posted this video on his instagram uh saying is this shit even about george floyd anymore what the fuck are you punk-ass teenagers destroying our cities? As a young black man, trust me, I'm frustrated as well, but this is not the way. We are starting to make a bad situation worse. If you really got love for our city, protect your shit. All my old heads needs to speak up. Call your young family members and tell them to come home tonight. That that, that has been, um, there have been a few... He's frustrated with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, there have been a few black people that have been stepping up. Little Wayne was another one, like in terms of celebrities that have been stepping up trying to voice their opinions. And I mean, Little Wayne's another one that's just saying, guys, like we got to stop the mayhem and just kind of make our points and target the, the you know, channel Killer, our, our energy towards absolutely. the right cause. For sure, yeah, a bunch, a handful of them. Killer Mike has been uh, Killer so, Mike, outspoken yeah. in this and he's a great speaker and uh, I... I and he's normally a guy who's like who's for you know calling people out like this Dennis, Dennis Rodman, Rodman Jinx. Jinx you owe me a Kim Jong Un fuck <laughs> you owe me a crack if we're going yeah. back to what's the fuss <laughs> used to be a terrible show great show the, uh, George Floyd's family have uh, have been, has been saying like look this is not what George Floyd would want uh, no like, they've come an- out and his girlfriend too or wife whatever has said uh, yeah this is clearly not what he would have wanted yeah maybe to an extent but now it's it, it is getting overboard and some people just can't admit that yet. But I mean, eventually we're all going to get to that point where we realize that it, okay, let's we need to settle down a little bit. Old and, racism uh, dies hard. Yeah, well, that's a good point too. Uh, Back okay. to you, John so, Hannon. Did you hear uh, that? There's a kind of a bionic eye that's supposedly as sensitive as the human retina that may give sight to millions of blind people. They're estimating 285 million blind people. Um, it's a bionic eye developed. Uh, by a team of robotic engineers from China and the United States, and the um, yeah, from Hong Kong specifically and the U.S. and uh, that yeah, they're they're trying to get um, sight to a lot of people, but it's not available yet. They say in about five years is what they're estimating. 
So it's not, you know, uh, completely done. Yeah, I'm picturing like a Terminator eye. Like they put like Skynet puts it in your head and then you just forever you hear Yeah. They're they're going to And you can suss out like friend or foe immediately. If if you're enemy, it comes up red. If you're friendly, it comes up green. And I know not to murder you. No. They will like listen to this name. They're calling it the electrochemical eye. So with your electro- electrochemical eye, yeah, that sounds like Extra it'll shoot scary, bro. lasers or something. Like, yeah, it'll pew, just pew. <laughs> it'll release a gas pew, that'll pew, knock pew. you out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, supposedly in about five years, uh, 285 million people could um, you know start to restore their eyesight slowly but surely, obviously, uh, with this electrochemical eye that the Hong Kong and the United States are developing using uh, robotic engineers. Uh, it's Hong Kong. Is that what you said? Hong Kong in the U.S.? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there's also rioting protesting going on over there. Probably getting in the way of all this progress. Mm. Come on, guys. You're fucking up our bionic eyes. Yeah. Step off. The whole thing is inspired by the human retina, which is one of the most sensitive tissues we possess, and it provides 80% of all the information about our surroundings. So I'm, I'm you always say. see stuff like this, and that is kind of good news. And stuff like that always kind of makes me appreciate. Like I, I have perfect eyesight. I think for the most part, do you? I hear everything perfectly fine. Fuck you. Like Rub all, it in. all of my senses are there. You know, I have all my limbs. Every once in a while, I take a step back, and I'm really thankful that you know I've never even broken a bone in my body in my life. Are you life. kidding me? This How sad is that? Oh man, yeah, you haven't lived a life, sir. <laughs> no, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. you lived in bubble wrap your whole fucking life, John Hannon. It's terrible. Yeah, bubble boy. It's bubble sad. boy, Hanny. Uh, uh, passing it over back to you. Okay, this is a really good feel-good story. Um, I don't know. This one just like made me smile when I looked at it. It's another great video I feel like we can share on uh, Facebook.com slash Funny Informatives, uh, the group page there. I feel like this is a great one. I wanted to play a little audio from it because obviously it's not going to transfer well without the audio, so I will just do it through my, through my phone. But uh, six-year-old guitarist takes social media by storm. Miu Miu, a six-year-old girl from eastern China's Jingzhou province, has become an internet star for her videos showcasing her singing while playing her guitar. She is also adept at other instruments, including the piano and drums. And in Shit. some of these videos, she does layers where she plays the guitar part singing, then plays the drummer part, then plays the bass part, then plays and puts them all together and does a whole band full of her. And she's six years old. I mean, it's hard enough from six years old. Yeah, six that's years old. incredible. She, look at her. Look at the thumbnail. She's so cute. Oh my but god! Wait till you hear. Wait till she. Wait till you hear. She plays a Beatles song right off the rip. Here See, we go. Th- that's insane because I couldn't even like pat my head and rub my tummy for the longest time. John Hannon has no rhythm. <laughs> White privilege, but no rhythm. <laughs> Okay, and in her oh defense, uh, English is probably not her first language because she said Jupiter Mars, like, she, and plus she's a little kid. But that's so beautiful. Not, but it, uh, exactly right. And yeah, she here's look here's video John of her playing the whole band. There's a little bit of Eagles, but she gets into some Beatles and stuff later oh my in the God. video. And the, it's yeah, like a two-minute video. That's a really feel-good one. They show you all the windows of the instruments and her playing them individually. Well, then the story goes on to say, um, you know, she her singing has attracted many collaborations on YouTube. And so there's cuts of uh, professional drummers, professional bassists, professional uh, rhythm guitarists joining her 
and making collaborations with her. Oh, professional musician. Somebody's already waiting to sign her. I I'm know sure it. they are. Well, and while I was on that subject, I wanted to give everybody another, and we'll share that to our group so you guys can see that that video. It's pretty cool. The girl's super talented. Um, but uh, a follow that I kind of wanted to give you. F- fuck it, we'll call it Pizza's Pick. A real quick Pizza's Pick here in the middle of our Digi Hears uh, on Instagram. Go on Instagram and follow if you enjoyed that video on, that I posted on Facebook. I uh, follow Nandi Bushel. And it's N-A-N-D-I underscore B-U-S-H-E-L-L. Thank God you spelled it. Yeah. Well, it's Nandi Bushel, exactly as it kind of sounds. But this girl is, I think she's like, she's 10 and she is uh, on on Instagram and on social media. She is verified and similar thing, man. She plays all kinds of instruments, covers amazing songs. Like she's a killer drummer, dude. Like her stuff is is awesome. Oh my God. Almost a half a million followers. Super inspiring follow. Her stuff is amazing. Uh, here's one. Uh, here's a quick one of her playing. Uh, oh, it's a Rage Against the Machine song. Ironically enough. And that's her playing all parts: the guitar, the bass, and the and the drums. That's a, and she's ten years old. And, I, and again, John sees the video here. It's she's got like a she's in England and she has like this uh, fucking like a little baby afro and she she rocks out when she plays, bro. Oh she's yeah, super talented. Oh also. yeah, little gorilla radio. Absolutely. So in the same vein as that uh, six year old Chinese girl, I wanted you guys if you enjoyed that, go check out Nandi Bushel on Instagram. She's super talented. Okay. Um. And did you hear that? Uh, the, there's a first hybrid floating ocean platform that can generate power from waves, wind, and solar. What does this say? It says it's off the coast of Greece, and it it's known as a renewable energy source. The only ones we've known as uh, up to this point have been like from sun rays and force of the wind and power of the waves. Um, and now this they is all three. Yeah, it's it's this platform that kind of just sits sits out there. I mean, yeah, you just have all this fucking acres and acres and hundreds and billions of acres of ocean. Yeah, the prototype Use started. It. it started two years ago. Uh, was the when the patent application started, and it's it's like I said, off the coast of Greece, and it's being offered to a solar energy companies or no multiple multiple solar energy companies as a golden opportunity to test and demonstrate photovoltaic arrays to be stationed on a fleet of future platforms wow so i mean i mean technology is always kind of blowing my mind when they make all these super advancements bionic eyes yeah it turns out uh on the platform on the ocean is where they're going to make the bionic eyes it's all comes together <laughs> i know it's fucking crazy it like just like i don't know how people do this sort of thing like it hurts my head just to even like try to wrap my head around it well we just had that space launch that's another thing oh fucking yeah rocket launch here in florida that's another like how does how do you do that i know they, how does it happen it, and so now bob and doug are in space bob right doug, now the the, the the fucking worst morning radio show ever <laughs> they <laughs> yes. were so bad we sent them to the international space station <laughs> we sent we got them off the so planet bad, we made them put uncircumcised penises inside of other uncircumcised penises and they docked with the space station <laughs> yeah okay i mean because it's the first time that we've had somebody up in space since what 2005 it's the first time we have launched anyone from america in nine years Okay. So, so 2011. You, oh, that's all right. That's not as bad. the last manned space launch. I thought it might have been even further NASA. back. SpaceX has sent up tons of stuff, but now we're sending up people. Okay. Uh, do you have the next one? I do. Is it back to me in the studio? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. This was, I, I thought this one was very interesting, and uh, this one just hot off the presses. 
Michael Jordan's love letter to actress Amy Hunter sells for $25,700 at an auction this weekend. $25,000 for a love letter that's not even to that person? They just bought one that was randomly between yeah, Michael well, Jordan and... I don't know how it got into the hands of auctioneers, but yeah, a 20-page love letter written by Michael Jordan to actress Amy Hunter in 1989 sold for $25,703,000 at an auction Sunday morning. That's insane. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's photos of the letter. It's 20 pages, and it was written on, uh, on uh, paper from guest quarters, or like a hotel. Well, I guess this is like one of his uh, early years in the league. Uh, I think he was just becoming fucking Michael Jordan. Because well, when you know Michael Jordan, when you said twenty pages, um, it's, it's like smaller paper. No, I, well, or is uh, it like regular conversation? Actually, yeah, no, it is. It looks. Look at the photos. There's like six thumbnails of it. Right oh, there. see, twenty of, the, of that so it's is probably not like bad. eight or ten pages of real of real yeah real paper. But uh, yeah, details of the letter obtained by uh, this outlet, Darren Ravel. I think it's a uh, sports Sports Illustrated. But details of this letter. Uh, show Jordan in a state of regret, ostensibly about an affair with Hunter. Because at the time, he had a child with his wife, who he's now married to. I think, no, they were famously divorced. But well, so he the- later got married to another woman that he had a child with. And apparently, so this was kind of like a side thing. or So that's what he's saying in the letter? He's- yeah, and how he kind of regretted it. And uh, here, here, here's Never a Never write that down. <laughs> Amy, quote Jordan, Amy, sometimes I am the most selfish person on this earth because for one whole year, all I thought about was Michael. Quick side note, uh, having just watched the documentary I featured on our last What's Up Doc, um, the, the Last Dance, that definitely it goes over that and says that that was a big thing with Michael Jordan is that he was very selfish and thought about himself and the championship almost the whole time. So I, he's I believe saying that. it in this letter, that. and then he continues. I admit I made a mistake, but found it difficult to change it. Let's say I do change the mistake. You would not believe the problems we would encounter. It is unthinkable. We wouldn't have a pleasant relationship or a private one. Our business up for opinions by the whole world. This is a pressure I can't live with. Then he goes on to talk about how if he was a normal Michael Jordan at a nine to five, it would work. But he's under so much scrutiny and he's all he can't have this side hustle. Pretty much, he's saying, because he is looked at by families and children and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, Long story I- short, it sold 10 years ago for two thousand twenty five hundred dollars here. Ten years later, it sells because of this. I think it's because of the hype behind the last dance. Oh, for sure. For almost twenty six thousand dollars. I think that's what's happening a lot because people are really delving into Michael. Jordan's. I'm not about to say I feel bad for him, you know, because I'll never feel bad for a millionaire. I don't think you should. Yeah, no, no. I feel never. bad only for his Hitler stash. <laughs> stupid mistakes. The there. worst Haynes commercial ever. Uh, uh, but I, you know, but people are really diving into his personal life now, and you know, I think I saw some of these other objects of his or or things even just related to are auctioning off for a lot of money. I was hearing earlier um, that one of his tickets just to the very last game that he ever played as a bull in the playoffs when they right. won. Right. Um, was it's it's a twenty five dollar ticket at the time, but it sold for six thousand dollars or something like that at a, on eBay, and I'm just like, geez, Louise, like people are just, and now is the time if you have some Michael Jordan shit, now is the time to sell it. Of course, if you don't, I mean, I mean, it's yeah, it's it, it, now it's a seller's market. Everybody's in on that shit because yeah. of the last dance and the heightened everything around I, that. I, I would hate to say it, but I think the only other time it's going to go up in value is when he, when dies. he dies. Knock on wood. <laughs> He takes the Michael Jackson route. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, 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 not not with the kids. My bad. Which is the dying part. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, was, that's way darker. I was gonna say that. He, then he really doesn't care about life before he goes. Oh shit, John! Breaking news. Did you hear? There's a, apparently a new, the newest 2020 bad news 
is that there's a real water world taking place right now off the coast of Greece. They're making bionic eyes on this platform. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. I feel I heard that's also where more murder hornets come from. Murder mm-hmm. hornets. Yeah. I um I did have one more story before we got out of here. Um should we should I do that or you and well we can talk about uh, let's send people over to the group. I said I would share a couple of these digi here's over there. I also shared I know this has already been shared, uh, because we talked about it and John and I really uh enjoyed watching it. The three minute long Rube Goldberg, uh they call it the swish machine. Some kid named Creasy made, and uh, I don't even know where he's from, but it was a YouTube video that kind of went viral, and it's over 70 different stops and, uh, and points along this, uh, this, what they call a Rube Goldberg machine. With stuff like that, you know for sure that it had to have taken so much time. And I'm sure it didn't go off without a hitch the first who knows how many times. Well, yeah, it's almost like a dude perfect scenario. Well, how many he, cuts did this take? He starts out like in the front of his house, in, in, in the yeah, driveway. Front yard, side yard. With a basketball hoop. Yep. And then he ends up in the woods in the back of his house by yeah. the lake. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. This kid didn't build a fort. He built a giant Rube Goldberg machine. I, I think, and I love Rube Goldberg machines. I think, so I was like immediately drawn to this. That might be the longest one I've ever seen of one of those I, I, I agree I think it is too I thought the Pee Wee Herman one that made him breakfast was pretty fucking cool this one's cool too yeah um, and then I have one more really good story back it's, to you John Hannon it's so sweet because uh, you know things of uh, so many events have been cancelled all around the world because of you know w- whether it is because of the riots and protesting which it's probably most likely not but before that coronavirus everybody remembers COVID still right coronavirus yeah so there was a um, prom that was cancelled and this seven year old the proms were canceled. Yeah, this seven-year-old little boy hosts a mini prom for his babysitter. Um, after you know, she, he found out that her event was canceled. Um, he's from Raleigh, North Carolina, and he he took seventeen-year-old Rachel Chapman, uh, who had been babysitting. His name is Curtis Rogers. What and, a little pimp, Curtis! Yeah, I know he's working the game took early. Seventeen-year-old to prom. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, he yeah he had heard about the uh, the fact that she wasn't going to be able to have a prom. So and you see him in the in the pictures. He's got like a nice little plaid blue. Look at this guy. He's such a pimp. Yeah, he is. Oh my goodness. They took pictures together, and then she's like outside of the the the, the playset, and then he's inside the playset yeah, looking like suave. Up, yep, just hang, like leaning leaned up on his pimp stance. Yeah, and then I mean she looks so happy to be there. It was such a sweet little gesture from a from a boy, and. Uh, he said, prom is not today, but will you come on Monday? Oh, and he tried to rhyme. He put a little sign in the back of his car. He rhymed day with day? Prom. Oh, he's on the Little Wayne school of rhyme, huh? Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> prom is not today. Will you come on Monday? Oh, that's so sweet. Um, if he does it right. But that is, I, I wanted to find some feel-good stories. So I, I was, I mean, that was a good, that was fun to do like three and three feel-good stories. And just, well, yours were somewhat feel-good, but somewhat. What do you mean? They were all feel-good. Mm. There was no badness. It was good for the auctioneer who who, who sold it. No, that was that wasn't feel good or bad. That was neither here nor there. Yeah, it's yeah. good for whoever made all that money. But yeah. I just thought that was a cool story. That was non COVID or riot related. And uh, we we are planning on. I mean, we say it, but we we are actually planning on trying to get more stuff back on the Patreon once things settle we have, down. A we little have bit. stuff. John just has to. Well, I've been get working doing it. I've been working on that. Too. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, but for, but for now, this has been episode 139 of Funny Two Informing and. Uh, I'm John, that's Chris Pizza Peisenberg Coleman, but we hope that you guys enjoy listening. As much as we enjoy chatting and shooting the shit, you can laugh with us or at us, it does not matter, and tip your babysitters, just like Curtis.
American dreams, all of which are American dreams, all of which are American dreams, all of which are American dreams.